on your good knee, your left knee, you have moderate to severe degenerative arthritis. You don't have a good joint space in here. You have some narrowing of the space, arthritis, arthritic spicules in there, and it's not going to function very well. It ought to be able to get by the rest of your life just hurting all the time. All right. On your bad knee, on the right knee, you have no joint space. You have severe degenerative arthritis. You have worn that knee out. It's been hurt too many times, and you are going to need a new knee. You need a new knee now. Let me ask you one thing. If, yeah. if I don't have an operation or if I don't have a new knee put in there, can I go ahead and, and live comfortably? Can I get around comfortably? You shouldn't be able life? to get around comfortably now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, uh, especially, and just to cheer you guys up before we start, especially Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, wow, within a day of each other. My name is Luke, I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy. Hello, Mr. Guy, and man, Luke. Like, we st we are so excited to record an episode again. It's been a little while. We had a week off, and it was a great week off as far as, you know, resting my my pro wrestling mind, you know. And uh, yesterday we had, you know, one of the biggest, uh, best wrestlers of all time uh, die. And, and today we had another tremendous wrestler, which I was a massive fan of, uh, pass away in Bray Wyatt. So, unfortunately, we're going to talk about some sad things today on Never Realm. Yeah, uh, you know, I uh, bit a bit of wake and bake. I got my coffee, smile on my face, looking forward to recording. First thing you say after hello is Bray Wyatt died, and I'm like, what? Yeah, 36 years old. Um, don't know much about how he passed away. I think it was some kind of undisclosed illness, but 36 is just bullshit. Oh, that's fucked. Like, he's one of the best modern, like, pro wrestling characters produced by WWE. Like, I'm not – now, listen, I'm I'm not – I didn't watch all the Fiend stuff. I saw some of that, and that seemed to be trash to me. But I, I'm talking about Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, like one of the best gimmicks ever. It was so awesome. And, and you know, when I first started getting back into pro wrestling as an adult – you know, it wasn't, it, I mean, it's, it's only been seven, eight years since I've been watching, you know, constantly and been like the smart mark type or whatever. And he was one of the major reasons why his feud versus Daniel Bryan is one of the best feuds I've ever seen. It was incredible. And one of my favorite matches ever is Bray Wyatt versus uh, Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble 2014. If you just want to see a good match, 
it's so good. And like, I was always bummed that he didn't ever reach his potential, but you know, it's possible that he's had health issues throughout his career and that this might be the culmination of all that. And it's, it's just sad, you know? Yeah. What do you say? 36, he must've had some stuff going on that we, we didn't know about. That's, that's just terrible. And then on the flip side, we've got the other end of that spectrum of uh, Terry Funk, who passed away at the age of 79. I think a lot, a lot of people might be surprised that he made it to that age. Because, <laughs> uh, that motherfucker was crazy. And I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Like someone I, I kind of glommed onto early on. And I guess, I guess that's like, he's one of the first never guys that I liked, you know, before I even thought of the term for the podcast or even saw the title, you know, or anything like that. Just a real tough. Oh my God. I'd say, you know, one of my wrestling heroes and idols has passed away. Uh, I'm glad he had a pretty damn good run. And then like, one of the best dudes from like the last 10, 15 years has gone way too early. That's two members of the White family that have passed away tragically yeah. early due to illness. That's true. And that's absolutely devastating, man. That's that's bullshit. Man, no kidding. You're right. That's uh, wow. That's I didn't even think of that. That's mind blowing, man. And and you know about Terry Funk, I think. Something that is important about him. I mean, obviously, there everyone said everything that can be said about him, and you know, and he's just tremendous. And if you have no idea, you have no idea. The guy is one of the best wrestlers of all time, no matter what the era is. And that's kind of the thing that I think about when I think about Terry Funk is that if pro wrestling was a traveler and it came across a gap, you know, uh, the man. That is, uh, you know, Terry Funk laid his body down so that pro wrestling could travel over that gap to the next generation. And he was, you know, a generational talent in three generations, <laughs> three different ones. So, like, I, no one has been able to reinvent themselves as much. I mean, he's like Chris Jericho, but but awesome. You know, and, and it's like, uh, I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? But like Terry Funk reinvented himself over and over again and in in ways that proved that just like Harley Race, he didn't mind getting egg on his face. He didn't mind being the butt of the joke. And he realized that that was a good way to get heat, you know. And so, you know, if you watch Terry Funk matches, a lot of them are goofy as hell. And, you know, he's the inventor. I, I'm pretty sure he's the inventor of the I, I, I get atomic dropped and I start dancing because I'm selling because my butt hurts and my crotch hurts, you know. And, and <laughs> I mean, he invented so many goofy spots like that, the ladder spot, all that stuff. And so, you know, people often talk about these old school wrestlers. They don't like this, that they don't like that. They only people know how to work and they like, you know, but most of them did goofy ass shit all the time that was incredible and that he's one of them and i i love terry funk and i'm sorry he's gone it's like when uh, i'm having a rant about new japan pro wrestling fans how they all expect new new japan to be the king of sports pure wrestling and that's it i'm just like yano exists and he's amazing and I, all of new japan's top guys will sell for his stupid shenanigans all of them I mean, you know so Tanahashi, everyone, yeah, that's why he works. That's why that character works. That's a good part of wrestling too. You got to, you can't just be the big tough guy all the time. 
sometimes you got to get your ass kicked and sometimes you got to be goofy as hell. It's awesome. I mean, it's pro wrestling's for all ages. And sometimes you want to make a little kid laugh. And sometimes you want to make, you know, an old school fan happy about, you know, the old school shitty C's. And sometimes you want to see a little kid laugh, like I said. So I, I don't know, man. I think Terry Funk was one of the greatest of all time, obviously. And he encompasses so much. Like, the other thing that's amazing about him to me is that he's iconic. And I, that work is overused. When I think of iconic, I think of Oh, if I looked up the word pro wrestler in the dictionary and there's a picture of Terry Funk next to it, right? You know, that's a cliche, but it's real. Like when people think of a pro wrestler, they're picturing him, whether they know it or not, you know, and it's, it's just, he's just an iconic guy. It's sad. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, he'd be on my Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite guys. Always has been. And, uh, yeah, I haven't read many wrestling autobiographies because eventually they all start sounding the same. I traveled here, got paid five bucks, traveled here, slept in my car. I invented uh, this. Um, I invented yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a, an autobiography that's a mix of my real life, but then I, I can't really say. And then the booker said I was supposed to win this match in 15 minutes. And you right. Really, you can't really write that in your book. It's not, it's not fun. <laughs> So you have to put that in storyline. But uh, I read Terry Funk's book. It's one of the yeah. few. So, yeah, just a fascinating guy. Oh, my God. You, I, at one time I read The Rock's autobiography. <laughs> it's, it's, written in the, it's written in the first person, which means that he refers to himself in the third person, the entire book. It's unbelievable. So... so, so in the book, he'll be right. He'll be saying, and then the rocks did this, and then the yep. rock did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. That would actually be annoying. In fact, yeah. that would actually be infuriating. Yeah, they talk about the like prose and writing. You know, some some writers are really good at it, but their stories suck. Or or some writers are really good at prose, but their characters suck. You know, uh, the rock was really bad at prose, and and he didn't have a good story or good characters. So. <laughs> that, book, that book is terrible <laughs> oh my god part of me wants to kind of like read a couple of exits now just to see what it's like that sounds absolutely horrible <laughs> it's it's real bad you know and it's in kayfabe it's in kayfabe too but he talks about growing up too so it's like wait a second it's like so i see that's the thing man is that you can't like you're talking about it's difficult when you read a wrestler's biography because they they have to straddle that line and they just keep crossing it and going back and forth wherever they it they choose to and it's very confusing to read sometimes yeah yeah because you know at no point can they keep repeating i disagreed with the booker about this but i did it because i do business and i want to keep doing business and then <laughs> all this kind of stuff and it's like okay you can't say that like a thousand times. You have to kind of go with the story of what the match was. <laughs> I mean, and you know who did business? Terry Funk, man. He always did business. And like, I don't know, man. He is the greatest. I, I've heard so many stories over the past day about him, like putting a match together with somebody and seemingly like not even listening and being like, yeah, yeah, I got it. And then they go out and he does everything perfect. And, and times 10, he does, you know, he gets a little, he's, you know, gets a little crazy out there. He says, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so the wrestler feels like oh 
I don't think Terry Funk heard me. Okay, I guess we're going to wrestle. And Terry Funk actually heard him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not only did he hear him, but he heard it, computed it, and was like, nah, let's take that up a notch. You know, um, what's the you know stories of people being like, Terry, uh, you know, uh, if you take my finish, it's pretty safe. And him being like, I don't care if it's safe, kid. Just hit me with it. You know, like he, he, didn't, he didn't give a fuck about himself, you know. And, and it's like, it's just, it's mind boggling that, you know, he was able to be on the search for so long. You know, we're, we're blessed to have Terry Funk. Hey, I never got to meet Terry Funk. You know, I've met Ricky Morton, you know, and Les Thatcher and some of the like old school guys. But uh, Kevin Sullivan, I've never met Terry Funk. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah man, I'm just, I'm just remembering him just going to do moonsaults the day after his doctor says he needs to like quit, quit forever. And he's like, no, I mean, I've got a match tonight. <laughs> I'm well, just going to hit moonsaults off the top rope. Luke, that is the audio uh, at the beginning of the show that we started with. Nice. Little, little music. So, you know, that scene is so, again, iconic, you know, iconic. It's just, <laughs> I mean, the guy, and it's just what's crazy about Terry Funk is he doesn't, he's not trying to work. He's just being Terry Funk, but Terry Funk is a worker. So he just breathes it, you know, and it's, it, I don't know, man. That guy's just like people like him. It's like, uh, you know, what was it? Um, Eddie Kingston's gimmick used to be last of a dying breed, you know, and that's, that's who he's kind of thinking about, you know, it's sad, but anyway. Yeah. I feel like I wanted to talk about Terry Funk just a little more because, like, long life, he can celebrate it. Whereas, man, 36, I just can't get over that. That's some bullshit. That's my first thought. It, man, that's just. Man, that's Listen, just, I don't like 2023 for taking all of our favorites. You know, it's been a rough year uh, for deaths and pro wrestling, and it's just. I mean, hopefully we're done, you know, because good Lord, it's just it's just I don't know, man. I, I'm sad about all that, but it just kind of hopefully it highlights the fact that we only have so much time on this earth and uh, we got to do it what we can to have fun recording podcasts with our buddies that live across the world and watching awesome wrestling and stupid TV shows and talking about it and just living yeah, every yeah, life yeah. every moment to the fullest that we can, because, you know, I mean. I, I just, I don't know what else to say about it. You get one shot. Here we are getting it. You gotta lose yourself in the moment and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't quoting Eminem, but uh, no. I mean, whatever. You know, okay. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of New Japan news, Luke, right? There was two shows that we didn't watch. <laughs> and Yeah, there was. <laughs> it's pretty I'm okay funny. with that. Yeah, I... I guess some stuff happened. I guess we'll try to talk about it a little bit. But um, all the destruction shows, those cards have filled out. There's some wild shit on there, like a 12-man tag on one of the nights, which is, is bonkers. <sighs> guess they haven't done that in a long time, and that's kind of cool. Um, you know, there's, like, some stuff that got set up at the all the juniors in the world are going to have a festival show that uh, happened uh, last weekend or whenever that was. And some of that got set up. Return of Mike Bailey to New Japan. That's cool. Ah, there's some exciting stuff coming up. Distraction is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just uh, looking at some of the matches that are on there. And 
for the final destruction show, and the title match is not there. Uh, Evil versus Sonata, unless it's on a previous night? Well, there's several destruction shows. Or two, at least, right? There's the destruction in... Well, there's a few of them. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's... Uh, Ryagoku, and then there's destruction. Destruction in Kobe. Right. Then they go on the road again. And then there's one at Ryagoku in October. Okay. And I guess uh, we'll have our title match there. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, makes sense. It would be nice if I did some research beforehand, but I did not. It's I fine. did not. It's fine. I mean... You know, I just jumped on. <laughs> uh, there is a, a singles match scheduled coming up that I mean, they must everyone must have been so excited about watching Tonga Loa take those off or wait, give those awful, awful like strikes or whatever he calls them to Chase Owens. They made a singles match, so that's awful. Uh, but that's gonna happen. Also, Bolton Oleg is getting a New Japan World TV Championship match for some reason. I guess maybe that was. You get like the the novelty check and barbecue, and you get a title shot versus Zack Saber Jr. So that's on one of these shows. It's a lot is of that shit. A prize? Like, is that a prize you want, Bolton Oleg? Maybe. Because uh, I don't care how big that man is. He's he's his arms are gonna get longer, so are his legs. He's gonna get fucking stretched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, tai Chi or no? I'm not sure if it's. There's a triple threat or like a six-man tag that's going to be a best-of-seven series, and that's like um, – oh, gosh. It's it's uh, Strong Style, I think, versus like Master Watto and Umino or something. I don't know. That's going to be – a yeah, maybe. I don't know. Bad Dude Tito's returning. It's yeah. funny. They're having a best-of-seven series. And you're just like, wow, I wonder where those stank belts are, because that would have been a good feud for the stank. Oh, they're on Okada and Tanahashi and Ishii. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, and they've always got feuds for Tanahashi and Okada, so I'm just thinking, like, why'd they put the- – all right. All right. Oh, I want to see Ishii just beat the shit out of Tanahashi after oh. they lose the title. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, Leah Rush pinned Hiromu, I think, at that uh- – juniors festival and so did mike bailey so i or they are one like there is like a there were weird matches on that we're not going to be accurate and i'm not going to sit here and just read read what says on the internet but like i they're like mike bailey's now got a title shot and so does leah rush so i think that's already announced as a triple threat i could be wrong but yeah here it is that's it ria goku yeah that's cool that'll be awesome yeah i can say it there so uh Oh man, they're doing that feud. I thought we were going a different direction. All right, so they're not doing that next. I thought with uh, the junior tag titles, we were going to get uh, like the story is like, isn't it like catch two two? I guess we're going back to Kevin Knight and Kushida. There are no other junior tag teams. (laughs) Well, they also announced. That um and I can't find the article and I'm not gonna sit here and look at for it. But the junior tag league has returned to its original spot. I think it's in October, so that'll be coming up soon. And I'm assuming that's where we'll get more build for those two, or maybe they'll do what they always do and switch the titles right before the tournament or something like that. So, um, you know, all right, we're a little confused with our news gathering today, but it's all good. We got yeah. the stuff. Think of this pretty discombobulated here's all the stuff i want to talk about this wrestler died oh god damn it 
But um, I'd like to see Doki and Kanemaru uh, whoop some ass as a tag team as well, please. Like, make that happen. Yeah, and uh, we're going to get get a special singles match on one of these nights with uh, Shingo and the Great Okan. So, nice. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah, it didn't uh, – after the last show – Same great... Naito and Jeff Cobb as well. Well, that – isn't that briefcase or whatever? Isn't that for the title thingy? I think that might be, yeah. Like, we laid that whole thing out right before we talked about the, uh, you know, the G1 finals. We fucking laid that out. Like, well, if it's Naito, then Jeff Cobb will face him. And, you know, and we thought that wasn't too exciting enough. So. <laughs> I remember I remember us thinking that. And uh, I don't know. I don't mind feeling wrong because I do feel like I was wrong. I don't think he's, Cobb's going to win, but um, I still kind of want to see that match. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. You can't be too mad at a guy who, like, he wrestled Osprey one night, so they cut up the other night, and you're just surprised he was able to pull both off. Like, maybe that's a masterful selling because I thought he looked absolutely fucking wrecked after that second match. He was. He was definitely wrecked. He was wrecked after both matches, and man. Oh yeah. I know. What a Nido, tripper. Fucking warrior, man. You know. Definitely. But uh, yeah, some. Oh my god. So yeah, the Rio Goku, Goku show has the uh, chase and tangle match. But we do get um, we do also get David Finley versus Tamatonga and can we just have that be the end of that feud please? Nah, it's going on forever, dude. That's wrestling. Come on, man. <laughs> I need him to see other people like I need... Uh, but then we also got a strong tag team championship match. Uh War Dog, Bruvs for Life versus El Fantasmo and Hikaleo. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like partnering Hikaleo up with El Fantasmo is going to be a pretty good combination. Absolutely. It's already been great. They did their post-match stuff after the G1. They, like, fucking ELP just kept walking up to the camera going, I'm a savage. I'm a savage. I'm a savage. Like that. And the whole time Hikaleo was just staring at the camera with his eyes as wide as he could and wouldn't move. <laughs> so so they're already uh like you know hikaleo's already like 10 times more entertaining with with elp so <laughs> i'm not surprised so uh i wonder what they'll I, I wouldn't be surprised if evil won but i wouldn't be surprised if they uh, kept the belt on, on sonata either so i like that title match could go either way yeah man big stuff going on that at the so there was the Juniors Festival, and then there was the multi-verses of, of, of Mediocre. And um, I think that it was on the Juniors Festival that Julia uh, defended her strong women's belt, or IWGP women's belt. I don't know which one she had. She defended that, and she won. She might have both. I don't know. And, no, she's got the strong oh, one. Yeah. Uh, May Uwatami has the uh, IWGP. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Julia won. She retained her belt, and they did spots in the match from the four-way from NXT with um, Charlotte, uh, Becky Lynch, uh, Bailey, and um, Sasha Banks. So that was pretty cool, man. I saw somebody had spotted that and put up some video from that kind of showing the different spots. That's kind of cool, man. Shout out to whoever picked that up. Yeah. And I guess it's obviously going to be leading to, what, uh, Julia versus uh, Mercedes? We, I, I would uh, hold off on that until maybe Wrestle Kingdom, right? Yeah, that's your Wrestle Kingdom match. It's got to be, right? I mean, there's no other bigger match unless AEW lends them 
Britt Baker, you know, but I would argue that maybe the other two are bigger stars than her. So, yeah, we're well, going to have, uh, wouldn't you have two women's matches on them? Uh, Mayu Iwatami, who's yes. the IWGP champ as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's Winner good. take all three way ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> No, the last time they put the strong belts on the on the same people at the same time and with the uh you know with the counterparts from the IWGP, yeah that ta- that tag team uh, not only got injured, <laughs> they signed it to the different company That's whilst true. injured. <laughs> oh, so man. Uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> you're all ins coming up, right? And and everybody keeps saying it's going to be the biggest wrestling cr- uh, crowd of all time. What about Collision and Korea? Wembley. What about, what about yeah, that? no. This is in Wembley Stadium, I think they, they mean. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, there's just one thing, Mr. Andy. Can you believe this crazy shit? Who the fuck in their right fucking mind would wake up at 3 a.m. Oh, to I watch know. a wrestling show? Only crazy people. <laughs> Only crazy people do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, look, I was tempted to actually do that, uh, just to look, uh, just to see how it feels, you know. But oh, yeah. uh, it's uh, the day before is my birthday, so uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> probably going to be drunk or something. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, I'm still going to watch it, uh, maybe when I wake up or something like that. So, uh, yeah, you, you just... think I'm a Total just, wuss right now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, just, just rearrange your whole life. It's no big deal, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all for but, wrestling, uh, you know? we, You guys out there listening, we sacrifice a lot for you. Damn it. Buy a T-shirt. <laughs> if I'm ever, yeah, if I'm ever annoyingly not up to date on TV shows, it's because uh, New Japan's on at, like, prime TV watching time. <laughs> At, uh, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, well, you need to learn. Which is learn not as tricks. bad as having a bad sleep cycle as, as what you have. But I mean, you, you got to learn the tricks, which is watch TV on your phone while you're getting ready for work, or like you know, watch TV on your phone while you're at work, or watch TV on your phone while you're driving. I mean, while you're sitting in a car, stationary. <laughs> Well, uh, well, uh, the autopilot is on, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some there's some good matches on the air, and uh, Kudo Bushi is on the show, so uh, oh. you know, that's the that's a that's the thing. Santana came back. Um, I like the tag team of Santana and Ortiz, but Santana had kind of left. I don't know why. I, I wasn't sure if he had like issues going on. Not for me to say, but I was really happy to see him back, and. Also, I was happy for Ortiz because he's done nothing but fucking flounder since uh, Mr. Santana left. So it happens sometimes when a tag team, like when one of them's left or something like that. What do you do with this other guy? They're tremendous. LAX is fucking awesome, man. And they've always yeah, they been awesome. And they've always had bad luck, you know. And I would, I mean, I don't have any evidence for this. So maybe I shouldn't make this baseless claim. But I think there's been some racism against them. You know, uh, that's just my theory, you know, but because, I mean, I just they they always get pushed down. And I I love the new LAX. I love the old LAX. I mean, you know, they're just fucking amazing. How do you how do you not have those guys be your top tag team like for lengthy periods of time? I don't even think they've held the tag team titles in AEW. So 
let that sink in unless i'm wrong that's dumb but whatever it's all racism <laughs> that's just what i i chalk it up to when shit doesn't make any sense uh you know in wrestling it must be that so i'm just kidding but um but yeah luke so all kinds of exciting things so what is mjf's match because i don't know and he and i'm a little confused all right so uh mjf will have a match on the pre-show with adam cole and they're gonna fight uh, aussie open for the ring of honor tag team titles okay and then after they've had a nice little break of like you know the entire main show they're going to be in the main event it'll be adam cole versus mjf oh okay so, so they're having okay so they're gonna they're gonna lose the opening match and you know have some confusion and some dissension against each other which will build into the the you know main event and you know we'll get the big mjf it's he's not turning he wouldn't be turning he'd just be being um, right dude like he's he's kind of being like the fun scumbag if that makes sense that's kind of his character now so he's like look i'm still an asshole but i'm your asshole you know that kind of thing and it's it's working so he's about as face as a character like that can be a face and i think what's what i want to happen my theory is because they've got this whole story going on like they've become really good buddies adam cole and mjf so what i want is everyone expects MJF to turn and to, you know, cause that's what he always does. Mm-hmm. I want Adam Cole to turn on MJF and thus uh, maybe facing him up even more. But uh, you know, I think that'd but, be an interesting wrestling story. Well, that you're not wrong, but if they do that, he has to really be a face, right? You know, he can't be like, I, I mean, I know he can be a character and still be a face, but I mean, he has to like do good things and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That, uh, yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Well, you know, it could be a situational feud too. You know, they do those, and and those are always fun. But uh, I don't know. That's that's interesting to me. He's wrestling twice on the show. That's that's. I mean, MJF is fucking awesome, and I hope yeah, that is. people know that now. I mean, I'm assuming they do, but I mean, he's always been awesome, and it's just it's just. It's like you met I met him years and years ago and you just talked to him for a second. And you go, oh, OK, yeah, we'll see you on TV here real soon. <laughs> it's, just, it's just incredible. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty decent card. So uh, but, uh, you know, some stories I'm into more than more than others, of course. But yeah, this should be good. So, Hikaru, so, she is the champion again. So I'm, I'm very oh, happy. Good. She should always be the champion. She's the champion of my heart. Um, so. <laughs> Osprey is wrestling Chris Jericho in a nothing right. like a feud that apparently is well put together, but nobody cares because everyone's like, why the fuck is this happening? Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, it's more of a feud between Don Callis and Chris Jericho than anything. But the 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 funny thing is, like, I love this. Uh, Don Callis have been like, hey, come join me, come join me. And Chris is like, I'll think about it, I'll think about it. Then they get in the ring together and Jericho's like, I'm all right. You know what? And there's a there's a framed picture like covered with a sheet on the on the stage, and Jericho's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna join you. And then uh, all of a sudden, Don Don Callis doesn't want to lift the sheet up off the uh, off the off the picture mm-hmm. because uh, he thought Chris Jericho would say no. So Jericho argues with him and then takes the sheet off the the frame, and it's a picture of Don Callis holding up by the hair the severed head of Chris Jericho. <laughs> 
Dark Palace is tremendous. So it went it went kind of sour, and look, Will's come out to uh, side with Don Callis a couple times. So yeah, it kind of fits, but it it's a match that maybe came out of nowhere. But I don't care. I I still enjoy watching it. It's uh, Jericho wrestling. <laughs> Someone younger and popular. So uh, what's what else is new? That's what he does now. That's true. That's true. He's trying to get that Osprey rub, man. You know. Uh, so so are there any other New Japan wrestlers on all all in? Yes. So we have the Golden Elite, which is apparently uh, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hagman Adam Page versus uh, Konosuke Takeshita and Bullet Club Gold, which is Juice Robinson and. <gasps> A switchblade, a jade, a whito. So uh, I expect uh, the uh, elite guys to win, and that's what Juice Robinson's there for. Uh, you know, he'll be, so, <laughs> that's always what he's there for, dude. Feel bad for him, but hey, it's not a bad spot to be in when you're wrestling uh, Kenny and Hangman, two AEW top guys, and Kota Ibushi's there, one of the best, and you're teaming with uh, with, with Jay and uh, Takeshita. It's not a bad uh, spot to be in. Let me rephrase my question. Are there any current New Japan Pro wrestlers other than Osprey on this on this uh, show? No, okay. no, there is not. So uh, usually, like you got Ishii on there to lose or something like that, I guess. But not this time. <laughs> good, good, good well, for them, man. I, I, I tell Fibs uh, uh, the uh, the uh, strong open weight champion will be on this show. Oh. Uh, who is that again? It's Eddie Kingston. Oh, okay, right, right. So, um, yeah. and isn't Willow Nightingale? Isn't she? Wasn't she a champion? She is. Like, no, nah, she 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 lost the title. Yeah, she, we just got no titles. That, yeah. Okay. And, uh, the right. lady, the ladies' match will be a four-way. It's uh, Hikari Shida versus Tony Storm versus Soraya versus uh, Britt Baker. Okay. I hope she wins because she's the best. And the last time she had a title. Was during COVID era, so she had a title when no one could cheer for her, and that's bullshit because yeah. she's my favorite lady wrestler on AEW. So best. the finish of that match is like she's already kicked them all in the face. She drags one lady on top of the other, the other on top of the next, stacks all three of them up, and then pins them one, two, three. What do you think? Ah, uh, you you know the important step you're missing in there. Bushiruni. Yep. There we go. Shit. Yeah. R- rack them, stack them, boosheroony. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. That'd be so Best finish ever, man. That'd be so awesome. Well, okay. Well, is there any other wrestling stuff we got to talk about? Does anybody, did anybody else die in the last five minutes? I mean, Jesus. Oh, my. Please, no. I'm just checking the... Nope. <laughs> You're, like, legitimately <laughs> checking. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm legitimately... I mean, feeling like uh eric redbeard can you like please be alive for a long time please please, please be careful yeah like yeah just, just you know yeah. I, I saw him in person recently at an indie show and you know he was super over and you know good for him man he's getting paid on the indies to, to just show up every once in a while and you know good for him he was like i don't know like i think that he was of course you know not the most dynamic of the white characters of the three however you know, remember that time he like kept bringing a cage to the ring and they thought there'd be a mouse or it was like a spider and he was 
<laughs> something with uh oh my god yeah I can't, something with um what's his name what's up what's in the cage what's up um yeah i don't know he he uh, uh, truth yeah our yeah, truth he like has some our truth for a while that shit was hilarious they didn't know what to do with those guys after the uh after the wyatt family man we're gonna break you guys up cool what have you got planned for us nothing mm-hmm. oh uh okay so yeah hey bray <laughs> you're gonna wrestle the undertaker oh cool i'm gonna win now also, there's a new Tamashi show coming out in yeah, Australia. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. It's one night only, and it's in fucking Sydney. So, Fujita's going to be down on his excursion tour, and I'm not going to be able to see him because he's wrestling fucking eight hours away from my house. Or, or, or on the other side of the freaking country, like a plane ride. I think a plane ride to Japan would take about the same amount of time as a plane ride to, the, to <laughs> Perth, uh, Perth, the other side of, uh, of Australia. So... Which is which is crazy. So, I heard yeah, a I don't know. about people from Sydney that they're fucking assholes. Is that true? Well, at the risk of alienating uh, everyone from Sydney, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They'll be like, like, oh, bloody, bloody Melbourneian. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, hey, that was we, true. We all suck. It's fine. I live in Ohio. What the fuck am I talking about? So. <laughs> worst place ever but uh but yeah well luke um you know we i know what the worst place ever is yeah and i can tell you uh never did i think that a place that would have one of the highest death counts in america or murder rates would be freaking montana yeah a and a state or that's talked about at least from my watching of a of american TV and uh, movies so little that when I think Montana, I think of Tony Montana from Scarface, (laughs) the state of Montana. (laughs) That's funny. I've now watched a season of a half and a half. I'm I'm up to charity night halfway through season two of uh, of Murderstone, the Kevin Costner vehicle that has decided. I don't know, like, I don't know if they wanted to be, like, a serious crime drama or not, or a cheesy uh, Dallas-style soap opera, but they've kind of smushed both those things together and mixed it in with horse ranching, which is, like, a subject I don't give a shit about, but, you know, I don't care. It still manages to be good. I got my dad onto this. He's almost finished the show now. Oh, nice. Okay. He's retired, so he's got, like, more time to fucking watch shit than I do. But he came up to me after watching the first episode. He's like, oh, you didn't tell me it was like a Western about horses and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I I didn't think you'd like it. Anyway, uh, next time I talk to him, I think I feel like, oh, well, that's another thing I've recommended him that he's doing like. <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, you're at Yellowstone. I'm like, yeah, what about it? Yeah, I'm up to season four. What? Yeah, dude. Already? So, yeah. It is compelling television. You watch it. You cannot help it. You want to see who they're going to murder next. Now, Luke, I hyped that show up to you as outrageous. Just absolutely outrageous. Was I, I mean, like, was I hyping it up too much? Was I not enough? I mean, tell me how crazy is the show, you know, in in your mind? All right. So I think, like, I feel like the comparison 
the most recent comparison I can make to Yellowstone would be like me hearing about Triple R, the uh, Tollywood movie, and going like, wait, he picks up a motorbike and hits a tiger? Like, what? And then they, they, they defy the laws of physics to become best friends? And there's a friend montage? What? What the fuck is this? It's the most superhero. It's like, and Ray Stevenson's in it. Also, the lady from Last Crusade. Like, what is going on here? And then you watch it, and and it's got all that crazy shit in it, but then all this other shit that you just, you know. So Yellow Murders and Murderstone has ended up being just like that. Like, yes, you've told me all the stuff that happens, and then you're just like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's all this other crazy shit that happens, and there's these weird storylines and characters, and you're just like, isn't this just about land and horses? What's going on? <laughs> There's a scene. I mean, obviously, spoilers for Yellowstone, everybody, but there is a scene that I couldn't wait to talk to you about because I think it's one of the funniest scenes in the whole show. And the show is unintentionally very funny. Um, it is. So Rip, who is the, like, head, you know, farmhand, he's he's the best guy as far as fighting, you know, and he will do John Dutton's bidding no matter what it is. And so there has been some hikers who have died tragically and somehow were not murdered. Like, they were just murdered by the land on accident, and that just happens in, in Yellowstone. People just die constantly. And so he's taking a female police officer through the woods to find the bodies, and she falls off her horse and gets impaled and dies. Dude, that was it was bonkers, too, because, like, when that's that, – like, that death scene, not only was that, like, bonkers, I think, like, they even – she even got, like, a helicopter to take her away and stuff, and she still didn't make it or whatever. And it was, like – even beforehand, the hikers were Chinese, so they didn't sp- one of them – only one of them spoke English, and they couldn't coordinate, so one of them fell down off the cliff. And then the lady fell down, and wh- why were they hanging off the cliff? ripped around there's a freaking bear so he, he blasts the bear in the head right and then the next the next day all the authorities are more angry that he shot an endangered species bear <laughs> than the two chinese people that fell down the cliff <laughs> like, wait wait that's that's what all this fuss is about what they freaking fell down the cliff <laughs> that's like a massive incident that's two dead humans i'm like sure that there's the bears are endangered and stuff but I wow, mean, they don't even care about them at all. A oh lot. They don't, they don't care about city slickers. You know what I mean? That's big time. So, like, that's a big part of the show is that when city slickers come to the country, they die, you know, or they get murdered by the Dutton family, and it's just their fault for being there. <laughs> it's stupid. Wrong place at the wrong time. There's this other weird subplot, and so far... It, it, it's culminated in the disappearance of dinosaur bones and nothing's heard from them again. <laughs> like, how only, we only... We got, tell them how we found the dinosaur bones. Please, it's so All right. funny. So, like a tractor or something rolls at Casey's kind of, like, farm, and he's with his son, uh, Tate, I think his name is, and, and he's like, oh, I've got to get this off the thing, so I've got to kind of explode this area so I can push it up, whatever, some con- kind of convoluted way. Wait, wait. I, he's using explosives to, like, try to, like, remove a stump or manicure his lawn. That's it. Because he rolls over in the tractor because he's a fucking idiot. He's only good yeah. at one thing, Luke, and you know what that thing is, you know. 
He's fucking killing people. This murder, yes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he hasn't done it for a while, but the first four episodes, five people die. Four of them were killed by Casey. <laughs> anyway, most of them deserved it, but that's neither here nor there. That's still a lot for just one character. I'm like, can't you spread these out between the characters? But no. No, uh, no you can't. So the stump is gets exploderized. Underneath the stump, they find, like, dinosaur bones. And I'm just like, all right. You want to get your family out of this area and you want to get a good house for them, but you don't want to move back with your rich, controlling father. That's fine. Well, good news, mate. You just found some fucking dinosaur bones. <laughs> that, why don't they get you a few hundred grand or something? Like, that's that's rare. They're old as hell. People would, would want those. And so somehow people found out about this little crater of dinosaur bones. And, like... By the way, this is like five episodes or so later, like near the end of the season. So at the start of the season, the bones are found. Near the end of the season, the bones are fucking gone. Mm-hmm. But in between those episodes, no one had a discussion about, hey, what should we do with these dinosaur bones? Should we get no. these dinosaur bones to dig them out? Should we get these appraised and priced? Should we get someone down here to look at the bones? No. Same. Instead, by the, side, by the time this all comes to a head. Lots of sh- crazy shit's happened. So when Casey comes home and finds out that the whole property has been absolutely freaking trashed, I'm like, oh, who did that? Was it Rip? Was it this character? Was it this character for this reason? Like, who did that? It could be all these people. And it turns out he runs outside and he looks down. He's like, the dinosaur bones are gone. And then I don't know if you ever hear from him again, Mr. Guy, but no. there's nothing. No? It's never brought up again. That's This show is the king of drop plot lines. This is just wrap up or don't wrap up, and they never come back. And it's awesome. Like the dead son. Like, you may you Lee. may hear. Yeah, Lee. He gets killed off in the first season, and you really kind of never hear about it ever again. <laughs> they mentioned him at the start of season two. And I'm like, who the fuck is Lee? Who is <laughs> I had to look his name up. I was like, oh, he's the brother that died in like the first episode. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That was the first episode, my bad. I That's don't even it. know if we see, I don't even know if we really see that third, that fourth kid in the flashbacks or anything no, like that. No, he doesn't. He's like erased from the show and it's the whole catalyst for why all the murderings happening, you know? But the thing is, is you think as a viewer, you're like, oh, well, the Duttons are just murdering now because of this other murder that's been done to them, you see. But no, they've always been murdering. That's what they fucking do. And so they find any reason to murder. And that is what – that's how I see the show, is how will John Dutton figure out how to order people's deaths? <laughs> By where I'm up to at the show right now, there hasn't been a murder for a while. And I'm just like, oh, there's bound to be a few coming up. But we've just been—I've just been introduced to the Beck brothers, who uh, I think I got excited because I'm like, hey, that's Neil McDonough. He was in from Star Trek: First Contact. Yay! You know, he's been—and then he's been like a bad guy in like everything else I've ever <laughs> seen him in ever. So as soon as I see him, he doesn't even open his mouth. I don't even know what his character is. He does nothing. Just just appears on screen. I'm like, he's gonna be a giant douchebag. And then Charity was just like, everyone's a douchebag on the show. <laughs> The smartest character in the show is Beth. She's like she's like the most self-aware one, but she's so self-destructive. Like 
she she can't get herself out of the situation. She's probably the smartest person in it. She's got a perfect read on like everyone, except maybe herself, which is probably yeah. the tragedy of it. That is, you know, and she's blind when it comes to her father too. She she just she doesn't care what he does. She just wants him to do the right thing for the, you know, for him. That's it. And like, but yeah, she. I don't know. Jamie is like the least street smart character, but is like the most book smart character in the show. You know, but there's there's tons of wily characters too that aren't like super smart, but they fucking they got guts and they're they're just wily as hell. Like the uh, rainwater chief rainwater, like you know, oh and, my and God. that guy. I like his. He's uh, amazing. His, his fucking like. Um, you know, buddy that just comes around with him everywhere that is a crack shot like sniper. That guy. Yeah. Of course he is. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. And all this just for a bunch of land, and you're just like, what is he what does John Dutton want to do with it? Nothing. Nothing. What do you mean? He just wants to have it. But <laughs> Is he gonna do anything? No. He doesn't like he does. He does the least amount. Of, he doesn't have to do any work, I guess, because he's the boss. But oh my goodness, yeah. So it, it's absolutely bananas. Like, don't think, dear listeners, that's like, oh, it's about horse ranches. I'm not gonna be interested in this at all. Even and don't even worry that we've probably spoiled like little bits and pieces of it, it here and there or big yeah. or big bits. It doesn't matter, dude. There's one seat. All right, so. Casey's wife gets punched so hard at school <laughs> that she becomes both dumber and smarter at the same time, at the same time. And I'm like, okay, that was a nasty knock. Because uh, she leaves Casey, which is deserved. Like, Casey like, did kill her brother and stuff. And all yeah. this stuff. And she doesn't – she got punched so hard, like, she's partly paralyzed and shit too. Like, she can't move her leg fully. So she's in, like uh, – rehab like uh, aqua aerobics and stuff so she's got like a water therapist i don't know what they're called man just to you know learn I mean. to walk again you know it's that thing. yeah so whilst at the same time dutton has something happened to him and he has to start taking water exercises too and i'm thinking like why is dutton at the leisure center where the pools are and stuff where everyone is how's what's he got like eleven thousand eight? what how big he doesn't have a pool and he can't afford his own physiotherapist all right doesn't matter anyway so jack dutton gets pissed off that he has to do water aerobics and his son casey's there watching him laughing so he he, he gets under the water and he kicks off against the wall and as he, he swims around people kids frolicking people doing laps all this stuff when he surfaces he's like i didn't expect to see you here and and, and then casey's wife's like oh Jack, what are you doing here? It's and then John. she, John, sorry. And then uh, John Dutton, you're right. Then, then, then they both look up and they see Casey up there watching them, and 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 they're they're like all three looking at each other. And then across the room, you you see Tate go, Daddy, like, <laughs> what is this scene? This is straight out of a soap opera. Like what is this? And Casey is like. Yeah, he's supposed to be in his early 30s, but here's, here's his his dad, John Dutton, who I've been calling Jack this whole time. It must be infuriating. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, it's very important. I don't want to see you get murdered, Luke. You know, like, so. like, 
Casey needs a psyche valve for something he might have to do. And he's saying to dad, he's that I might fail the psyche valve. <laughs> and, he's, and his dad's like, why, why would you fail that psyche valve, son? <laughs> and, then, and then Casey just looks at him and he's like, my life. Like he's 15 years old. <laughs> and then slams the door. I'm like, Man. what? They have, him and his dad have exchanges like that all the time. And I'm like, I'm chatting and looking at each other like, what the hell was communicated there? Absolutely <laughs> nothing. That was just, what was that? So, yeah, like this, this, this show, everything it does, whether it's really awesome or infuriatingly cringe, does one thing to me, makes me want to keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. That's Big the time. problem, right? You know, it's so, it's, it, it's a piece of it, shit show. But man, you just can't stop watching it because you're like, what's so good? Shit's gonna happen next. <laughs> so, I feel like that's where you're coming from with heels. You want heels to be more like that, but unfortunately for you, you're getting some good episodes in season two, Listen, and that's not what you want. Heels has been like that the whole show. If you don't know. On the Road Home from Wrestling podcast, me, my co-hosts, John Murray and Dean, are talking about the show Heels, uh, which is a TV show about pro wrestling, supposedly. And it is, it's like not nearly as crazy as Yellowstone, but it's definitely trying to do that kind of thing where it's just like, oh, that you won't believe what the drama won't happens next. But it's so bad at it that it's either laughable or just meh. It doesn't make you want to watch the next episode. But for some reason on the second season, they're like, oh, that first season was garbage. Let's fix all the stuff that was garbage. It'll take us like four episodes to do that. So they did. And like the last episode was awesome. It was like, well, okay. It was a competently made television uh, episode. And it, it like, it was shocking to me and I was kind of upset about it, but I think we had our best episode yet. Still, I think it was really good. So. Yeah, I've been listening. So yes, everyone, go go listen. And uh, I had to chuckle because like two things confused me. Usually at the end of hearing you talk, that's when I talk. So then that, and that's you know because I'll, I'll listen back to some of our stuff to see how it turned out. So I'm listening to you talk, and then what do you think, John Murray? Who? Oh, oh yeah, I'm not listening to our show. I'm listening, <laughs> I'm listening to Road Home. And then you confused my brain even more at one point when you're like, so what do you think about that, Luke? And you're like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, called, kind of, called Dean Luke. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> definitely bamboozled my brain. I'm like, wait, did, what is this crossover episode? <laughs> well, we will be doing that in the future again. So that's right. Already, already agreed, cool, you know. So uh, that'll be coming out soon, and that's been really fun, you know, getting to do that because, like, I mean, if you've listened to the episodes, you know, like me and Dean have this like long history with John Murray as fans of his. And we were fans of his when no one else really gave a fuck about him. And like it, I don't know. He ended up having tremendous success and I, I just, I don't know. I'm happy for him and it's been really fun to talk to him. So, cause the, the, like the group chat's been awesome too. And the stuff we talk about before and after the episodes has been like gold. So, you know, but that's gold just for us, but we will share, you know, a lot of gold on the episodes too. Yeah, they've been a blast. Uh, I actually don't watch the show, so uh, I've just been listening to you guys talk about it. So I, I don't recommend it. It's it's not nearly as fun as uh you know as as Yellowstone. Yellowstone's just like what you know Yellowstone, the main character, 
who we know what he sounds like. We, we've seen him in a million movies. He never, he, when he tries an accent, he, he, it goes away halfway through the movie. He, he doesn't change his voice. But for some reason, you know, Kevin Costner, his, he's like, oh, John Dutton talks like this. So it's like the it's like the redneck Batman voice that he's doing the whole show, <laughs> the whole show. And it's no matter what is happening in the show, he's going, yeah, what's going on? So I talk all the time. And it's like we're at dinner. Could you calm down? You know what I mean? But you know, no, you know what to do, don't you, Rip? It's, it's yeah. Train Just station, bus station. <laughs> I don't know what the bus station means yet, so. Uh, uh, stay tuned, but uh, I do know what the train station means, and you don't want to go to the train station. No, bus station means you leave. They give you a ticket. The bus station's really the bus station. The train oh. station is uh, a cliff that they push you off of because you've seen yeah. too much, you know. Um, and I'm like, too much of what? Ranching? They're not making drugs. What has he seen too much of? Killing people. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair. It's true. Have you have you seen any drugs show up in that show yet? Because man, when they do, it gets fucking crazy. Uh, only a little bit. So, uh, f- from the last episode I watched, uh, Jimmy and the, the lady who's in the bunk. <laughs> yeah, they're buying stuff from some hardware store, and then like these two drug addict dudes who I guess used to know Jimmy. Are like you gotta buy us this stuff, and it's probably like stuff they use to cook meth or whatever. So yes, uh, I think uh, that's gonna that's gonna come to a head. I think uh, those drug dudes uh, are gonna go on a train ride at some point. You cannot even imagine what happens in that in that. I mean, the show's gonna feed it to you, spoon feed it to you. You'll believe it while it's happening, but it's just where that story goes and how it resolves. It's fucking so funny. Nice. Well, and guess, guess what it involves? Murder. Murders. <laughs> yeah. Quite a few of them. So we've written ourselves into a corner. What should we do? Uh, murder people? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do anything oh my God. besides murder? Well, let's do something to get to the murder, but only like you know, it, it's cursory. What matters is the murder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we need a cathartic murder scene, please. Like, uh, yeah. So, I did watch another show that you recommended, and I finished oh. all that. Uh, and I want another like ten seasons, but I don't know how you do that. And that's uh, Jury Duty. Oh yeah, that was great, right? <clears throat> yeah, uh, loved it. We we watched uh, watched it over a couple weeks uh, and just devoured it. But it's the kind of show that all right, they've made the first season. Do I want more? Yeah, but how do you how do you do it? Different setting, you know. You'd have to do a different setting. Yeah. All the actors, like even from the incidental ones, they all have to be replaced as well. You just do the same thing, but in a you know maybe in a restaurant setting this time, or you know I don't know something something along those lines, and and uh, I don't know there there could be a lot of fun things to do with that, but I I think my favorite part, Luke. So this show is basically – it's like a – it's a reality show where the only person that doesn't know they're on the reality show is the actual star of the show. It's like the Truman Show kind of thing, and he thinks he's he's there to, like, film a documentary about the jury duty process that he's going through. 
And so that's a good reason for him to be sequestered. So they're sequestered and everyone that all the other jurors are fucking insane. And it's awesome. And like, because the guy they chose to be in it is so like altruistic and just like the nicest guy ever, it just leads to all kinds of heartwarming comedy. That's like, makes like, like, really does. Dude, the the Asian dude who who wants him to play cards, this card game with him or whatever it is, and he ends up losing thousands of dollars to him in his reaction. And then the main character's reaction is one of my favorite parts of the show. I shit my pants watching that. It's so funny, man. It's like a, every opportunity, like it, it could have gone a different way with him spilling the beans on this guy or letting people know it was this guy that did thing, not him or not another character or something, but he always kept his kind of trap shut when it counted and was was pretty good by everyone. So yeah, it made it even more wholesome. And you could see like the last episode is pretty much the episode of the reveal and how they made the series, which is a really cool touch. But you see instances of like, oh man, he's really upset here, I think. All right. This you, this character, do this kind of thing. Maybe we can cheer him back up and stuff because they realized they kind of didn't get the reaction they wanted. They kind of fucked up there with something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's highly, you know, instrumental or, you know, I don't know. They're they're conducting it, and like every detail has been thought of twenty times, and I get that. So it's not as like organic as it seems, of course, and it's it's a work, brother. But at the same time. I mean, there's some golden shit. Like, James Marston's on the show, right? And he's an actor <laughs> he's from so Westworld. Good. And he just uh, throws his ego right out the window and just acts like a complete weirdo. It's awesome. Like, one of the first things he does is tries to steal the the character's room in the rooms. He's like, oh, you can have it. And then the producers are like, well, that's not supposed to happen. So they switch that, you know, through some rule ruling that happens. No, you can't do that. And then James Marston comes in this room. And drops a fucking deuce in his toilet and clogs his toilet up. <laughs> and he's like, don't tell anybody. You know, there's like shit like that. This character, this main character guy is constantly faced with moral choices where another person's dignity would be affected. And he makes the right choice almost every time. Now, they didn't show us any of him making the wrong choice really so i'm sure there's some of that that never made it in but they paint this guy out to be like the greatest person who ever lived and it and it works it's really good yeah absolutely so uh yeah and the rest i i even recognized some of the character actors not all of them but like a couple of them here and there i definitely did so, yeah, uh, the, the guy who has his, his metal legs, I've seen that guy before in, in like <laughs> or something. He's so distinct looking, man. You know, the 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 horny lady who wanted to bang the guy yeah. that was like her age, but he had a, a girlfriend or something like that. I've seen her in something before. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, man, it was just funny and just like everyone's reaction to James Marston thinking like, oh, this guy is exactly what you think of when you think Hollywood actor douchebag. Because, like, they're trying to talk about the case, and he's just like, I've got a script for this movie. Oh, you won't believe what I've just read. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) And then he doesn't get the role, and he just cracks a massive tantrum. It's amazing. So (laughs) it's a a short season, too, everyone. Like, seven or eight episodes are about half an hour each on the the prime side, I guess. But, yeah, check that out. 
as well as the the yelling murders. <laughs> Keep it busy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been watching a million shows. I just can't, like I said, I watch yeah. them. I'll be watching TV all day long in different ways. I'm sneaking. You're watching TV right now, aren't you? I'm not, actually. I concentrate on doing podcasting. But I've been watching the new new season of Justified, which is Justified. It's like the same fucking show. And it's just like, you know, it's just Raylan Edwards or Evans, whatever his name is, is older. And I listened to the audio book that it's based on. And it's it's. You know, it's all switched around and or, the order is all different and stuff, but it's the book's pretty good. You know, I enjoyed it and um, I'm interested to see what happens. That's not bad. The Asuka show just started and I think you're going to want to watch that, Luke, because I, I mean, I'm getting suggested YouTube videos all the time now. They're like, oh, Asuka or however you say your name and um, the connections to Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that. So. They're doing some cool oh, shit, shit on that show, I think, lore-wise. And, you know, with Thrawn is, like, obviously going to show up at the sh- in the show at some point. And that, I think they're trying, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're doing something crazy, and it's interesting, so. Might let them pile up a little bit. I say that now, but I think um, Michelle, my sister, is interested in watching them, so I might end up watching some of them early next week. You never know. So, yes, I do I do. I, I do plan on checking it out, uh, even if because I'm just like I really like Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Rosario Dawson anyway. So easy sell, easy sell for me. I haven't watched much of the Clone Wars or Rebels, but if it's a, if it's any if the show's any good, you probably won't need to. So it'll be fine. Yeah, you can so just, yes, uh, just watch a YouTube video and you'll get caught up. Because I I tried to watch Rebels. I didn't like it that much, man. I love Clone Wars. Clone Wars is great, man. I watched it, like every episode that I can of that, but I don't think I ever finished it. So like they're talking about shit in these YouTube videos that happened on that show. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember that, but I don't know if I ever finished it, but I really like Clone Wars. I just, man, that uh, rebel show. I just think it's, it was too much for kids, I guess. So it's just, I couldn't get behind it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I never really watched Clone Wars. I probably should, but uh, uh, maybe I didn't like the movie, the cartoon movie that much. Maybe that was why. Oh, it's uh, wait that that cartoon movie is trash compared to the like the actual cartoon. It's trash. Uh, okay. it's, it's it's better in my opinion. It's better than the fucking actual Attack of the Clones movie. So, so I've been able to get charity at least tangentially interested in kind of a lot of the you know nerdy pop culture stuff that I like. Uh, she likes a bit of Star Trek. We've watched all Strange New Worlds. She's more a TNG person like we are than the other series as well. Uh, you know, so all wrestling, like she might not watch it every week, but she knows all the faces and the names and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, all this kind of stuff. The one major one, though, Star Wars. She's like, yeah, I'm not really, I don't really care about Star Wars. I, I watched the first movie, didn't like it. I was like, all right, but we, we sometimes play role-play games together on the uh, Xbox or, or the PC, and she's not good with control, so I'll control it, and then we'll decide what choices we want to make together, and we'll go from there. So I was like, well, it doesn't matter if this is Star Wars or not. This this, this, this game's awesome. It's a good story. So we, we played Knights of the Old Republic. We finished it. We finished our first playthrough. We played as a Jedi. We didn't do any Sith stuff. And she loved it. Like, we weren't even anywhere near finished the game yet. And she said to me, I can see why you like Star Wars now. I can see why you think it's cool. 
And I was like, oh my god, I never thought I'd hear her say that. So we finished the game. She wants to play the second one. We'll get we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it pretty soon. I think we, I just want to finish more Yellowstone at the moment. <laughs> but uh, we did something I thought we'd never do. Uh, we watched The Empire Strikes Back. I've seen it many times, but uh, yeah. she'd never seen it ever. She knew the major twist, of course. Uh, you know, Luke, I am your father. And I think a lot of people our age know that twist, whether they've seen Empire or not. And we had a blast. That movie holds up big time. It's awesome. It's Dude. one of the best. And, and she enjoyed it. So That's the best one. It's maybe one of the best movies of its type ever made, period. It's incredible. It's it's like, you know, got tons of the, like, Joseph Campbell hero's journey in it, you know, and, and all the cool shit on Dagobah is in that, in that movie. And, you know, I've seen it a million times, too. It's been a while. Maybe I need to revisit it and just bask in the glory again that is The Empire Strikes Back, because it's fucking, I mean, it is tremendous in the in the emotional weight of the ending it's like i need to know what happens next even though i already know <laughs> yeah uh even i was tempted to be like should we just go straight to jedi but no she she was like i gotta work soon no bed but uh yeah so finished nights of the old republic and because a lot of the meditation stuff that she's into and the force they're not exactly the same or simple, but they've got like similarities and stuff. So she really likes like the idea of the force and things like that, That's which, cool. uh, so yeah, so, uh, pretty awesome. I haven't played Knights of the Order Public 2 all the way through before for some reason. Sometimes I'm like that with really long games. I'll just get to a point and I'm like, this game's really long. I want to play other games now. Like so, Yellowstone's know. on. And Yellowstone as well. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so getting to watch empire with her she, just uh she really liked all the dago bar stuff which is some of the best shit she really liked uh and the heart and layer stuff is just absolutely fantastic as well yeah yeah i mean i liked it because i'm an adult who's able to be like oh that's julian glover he was in uh he's in game of thrones by the way but uh he was in uh these episodes of doctor who here's another guy he was in this episode of doctor who couldn't believe it don't know why I'd never noticed before. Yeah, it's it's a dense movie like that too. Those movies are all like that. Um, by the way, before I forget to mention it, your boy Doctor Who is in the new uh, uh, Star Wars TV show. So just to let you know. Um, Which one? The the famous one, you know the the guy that was in that, Game of Thrones, uh, Dragon House. Really, Matt Smith's in it. No. David Tennant, shit. I thought there's the same person. See, David Tennant was going to be my first guest, but then you mentioned House Dragons, and I was like, oh, Matt Smith. I legit, the guy who's after David Tennant. I legit thought they were the same person. <laughs> <laughs> David Tennant's um, the one that's in that Good Omen show. Ah, yeah, yeah, about the gods with uh, Al Swearingen in it, only he's not calling everybody cocksuckers. Lame. Yeah, that's weird. I try watching that show, and I'm like, why isn't he stabbing people? This is fucking lame. So. I'm watching John Wick one to four, and I'm like, why is he, why is he just giving people advice? And he, he should have shot this guy already. Like, what's going on? Is not drinking any whiskey? What's happening? One <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the greatest, greatest characters in television history, man. Uh, it's incredible. But um, yeah, man, uh, great television out there. You know, wrestling's uh, high and and uh, 
you know, unfortunately we lost some people this uh, week, of course, but man, I'm excited for the future of New Japan and everything going on there. This is, uh, you know, we get this kind of like little break here, but when New Japan goes, comes back, it's going to come back, you know, heavy. So we got up until September 8th. It's still almost two weeks, Luke. That's crazy. It's a nice little break. And I was a little annoyed. I think you were too, that like straight after the G1, oh, there's two New Japan related pay-per-view things. And you and I were just like, yeah, we're taking a couple of weeks off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are they, were those shows good? Um, I'm sure they were. And I'm like, it would have been nice to have seen that moment where Dave Finley's doing the one too sweet on one side and he's doing the other two kind of too sweet on the other side with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris Bay and uh, Ace Austin on one side, and then the uh, who was it? The uh, War, War Dogs, Dogs Life yeah. on the side, yeah. So little story things like that would have been cool. Well, I'm what, yeah. yeah. And and that's just like a feud that's just going to keep going as well. So it's like, oh, buy this pay per view to see this match with uh, Tamatonga on one side and David Finley on the other. And I'm like, why would I do that? They're going to have heaps of matches like that on the New Japan Road Two shows. Well, Luke, they were not the only people wrestling on the shows, but I agree with you. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I think we'd uh, we'd hit <laughs> our limit with that G1. It was like we we need a break. Yeah, that was fun, man. I I enjoyed doing the G1, and I mean, lots of people listened to it. Thank you guys. You know, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Those episodes are always fun, and I just I don't know. I think we were extra competent this year. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Extra adequate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> adequate plus. Damn sure. Yeah, man. That's us. You know, they always talk about being in the plus position, you know. That was us during the G1. <laughs> oh, my God. And and this lastly, that's like my, my last note of, like, things to bring up. Magnus Carlsen, even though he's no longer the world chess champion, he's still the number one ranked chess player. So it would be like... The tennis world champion is not the number one player or something like that. That's just it's bonkers, right? Yeah. So, so he won. He won the tournament. He won the FIDE Chess World Cup. It's the only tour- major tournament he'd never won before. So he won it. The three winners of this tournament get to go into what's called the t- candidates t- tournament. That tournament is to play for number one contenders, you know, for the uh, for the title of okay. of, num- of the world champion. Yeah, so uh, Magnus wins the tournament, and he's like, nah, I'm not playing at the court, the candidates. So <laughs> players two, two, three, and the fourth player uh, all qualify for that tournament because they were supposed to be the first, second, and third people qualify at Magnus. And so I was like, nah, I don't need that. I mean, I'm that's kind of cool, though, you know, because – he could pick his spots now if he wants. And I mean that he's, has he earned that right? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only is he still playing like he's the best in the world. Uh, I don't think there's anyone who's a chess fan. They could think Ding Liren, who is the champion at the moment, could beat Magnus in a world championship match. And I'm pretty sure Magnus Carlsen knows that too. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Everyone wants to play for that title because it probably means something, but uh, at the moment it doesn't quite mean as much as it as it would because the guy you want to beat is Magnus Carlsen no matter what. 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that sucks if you're the tie- the champion in that case. You got to prove yourself, you know. Damn. That's right. He's a, he's got to beat Magnus in, in some kind of tournament or something like that in a couple of big matches. But yeah, man, it's just it just blows my mind. That, yeah. <laughs> it's like I was saying to Charity this morning. It's like Magnus Carlsen decided to play chess on the hardest difficulty possible, and it's not challenging enough. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of being a prick, but that's like what he does, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's he was playing a guy who's like uh, a 17 year old player from India, Pragananda, his name is. Uh, anyway, I was just like, you know what? Just lose, Magnus. Fuck you, man. You, you've got all of them. Just like, I want this, this up and comer guy to win. Yeah, I want someone else to win. Like, it's like Magnus is now a Carter. I want him to lose, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't want to put uh, anybody over, man. I mean, that's, no, that's, man. Of, that's why he doesn't want to be in that tournament, too, because he's like, ah, I already won this other thing. It's like, uh, you know, when Zack Sabre Jr. is in the G1 and he's like, oh, I don't care. I just want to beat Okada. Once, I'm th- once I hit that, do that, I'm done. I don't have to worry about anything else. You know, it's kind of like Magnus Carlson. He's like, hey, I already won this tournament. I don't need this other shit. Fuck you. I might lose. I know. I noticed that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't say that in his promos now. Probably because he's a face and stuff. But like that promo of like, yeah. I'm just going to beat the champion, and then I'm just going to coast, which makes me feel like he's not beating the champion, is he? <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are. I love those promos. But yeah, he is mega baby face these days. You know. Yeah. I like it. I dig it. It's uh, it's worked for pretty much all the Suzuki Goon guys. It's still weird to see Suzuki listening to the ref like in a tag match. Uh, yeah. something will happen in the ring and he'll be like, oh, I'm getting in the latest SmackDown or something like that. And the ref's like, no, no, get back in your corner. And Suzuki's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, damn it. I am uh, the invisible force field of goodness compels me to leave, you know, but <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he'll run right over Chumpy though. You know, when he gets the chance, we'll see. <laughs> oh yeah. Fresh, fresh from boot camp. He's, Suzuki's cracking his knuckles going, all right. Let's see what new bumps you've learned. He does take more, the most bumps out of any referee I've ever seen in wrestling, yeah. ever, which is it's just awesome. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the, the best, best ref. Imagine oh, when uh, Red, Shoes, Red Shoes retires and Chumpy is going to be the head ref in New Japan. He is going to – he's just going to – every night he's going to be bumping all over the place. And people will be like, listen, why don't you take it easy? And he goes, I'm – the senior referee fuck you i'll do what i want you know you know there's only so many times i'm going to take uh, evil shoving me before i pull out this steel chair <laughs> <laughs> oh one of these days one of these days chumpy hit him with a steel chair i would love that. dude imagine that spot i i'm i'm going i'm an evil fan and i'm going nuts just thinking about it fantasy dream book right yeah it's like evil so I, a mega douche, like times a billion to Chumpy every time. Grabbing him, even like does a double low blow onto the his opponent and Chumpy at the same time. Just shit like that. Chumpy's had enough so bad that the opponent holds Evil's arms behind him and Chumpy just whacks him with a chair. <laughs> well, here's a- and then and, and and then he gets down to be like one. And then he goes like, nah, sorry, I can't, I can't do that. Like I hit him with the chair. I'm, I can't, I can't do the three. Sorry. DQ. He, but he can't be DQ'd. So it's fine. Yeah. You know, 
What I oh. I'm thinking. So it's one of these moments too, where these guys are all, you know, it's one of these cheating spots where it's like all these steps and 50 things is going are going on all at once, all around the ring. And Chumpy ends up with the chair on accident. Right. And he looks up and realizes evil's right there and evil's open and like stat staggered or something. And they lock eyes and bam, Chumpy just blasts him in the fucking head. And you know, the, the, the Japanese crowd is just, Chanting, do it, do it, oh, do dude, it. Yeah. Marty's Everyone, name. like, who cares about, like, the king of sports, pro wrestling? We want to see Chumpy nail evil with a chair. <laughs> like, don't even have to, doesn't even have to be Chumpy. Could be, like, uh, Abe, uh, the, the, the yeah. timekeeper, just finally, just, like, hitting him with the time bell once or the, ha- the little hammer thing he uses or something. Just one time. That would be. That would just be. I mean, uh, this, that's a Wrestle Kingdom spot, right? <laughs> it is. That's a rich history of this in New Japan with Red Shoes and the Young Bucks and how they would constantly feud with each other, basically. And then, you know, one time, you know, the Young Bucks weren't ringside for Kenny Omega title match, and and Red Shoes is like, wait a second. And he looks under the ring, busts him, gives him the fucking, you know, uh, uh, suck it. <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> he flips them off one time. I mean, it's so great. You know, I love that shit. I, I want, you know, more of it in pro wrestling, but not too much because it's it's just every once in a while, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I feel like Evil's done a really good job of pissing everyone off. So <laughs> even if Milano, who was his biggest fan and used to hold a little scythe, yeah. you know, even if he would just be like, Put him in a paradise like with Sonata or something like boom like I don't know yeah. you can do all sorts of these silly things that make evil look stupid but it, like even I would go nuts for it because <laughs> he's, he's just been such an asshole this whole time that these like he, it would be goofy as hell but see that's the thing about evil he'll bump around and he'll do some never stuff but he doesn't mind looking stupid either yeah doesn't just like have an egg on his face just like terry funk man you gotta be that way if you're gonna be a, a wrestler period but especially if you're a goofy heel you know that's right it did annoy me that one period where like they were losing absolutely everything but uh i like this one this version more where you know i i yeah, I wanted him in the G1. It's, it's unrealistic, I know. You, you, the face. They want people to buy Wrestle Kingdom, I guess. So uh, they're going to have their top guy face win the tournament. That's fine. But uh, making him look like he could win and getting him just, like, in the finals and that kind of stuff, that's that's the kind of spot for Evil. Yeah. Then then he gets his comeuppance and he gets yeah. his... Man, I love Evil. Have I mentioned that before? I feel like it's a horse that is pretty good to beat rather than me telling you that, oh, the fuck, the Gorillas of Destiny need new music. Yeah, you still can't stop bringing it up. But you do um, <laughs> you do usually mention your, your love of evil at different volumes, depending. Yeah. You know? So that's your, very, your love for him is dynamic, and I appreciate that. That's right. You know, I've, uh, I've had a bit of a cold uh, this week, so my throat isn't – do you reckon I could do it? Let's do it. It's not my best one. Yeah, no, Sorry. not by a long stretch. Sorry, I, I it's not going to be on the uh, best of end of year spectacular. No, no, but I mean, you know, that's a fucking high bar to cross, my friend. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, not too many things reach the heights of us randomly talking about Highlander or, you know, or whatever. Rome. Star Trek. Yeah, or Ancient Rome. Oh, man, you still got to watch that show, Rome, dude. I mean, it's so fucking great. It's it's just one of the best that's shows. Another, that's another reason to watch that show. So, however you say her name. Um, Ray Stevenson is the baddie, so no. Yeah, and yeah, and you said so. I I chose my words carefully when I messaged you this morning about that. So you make assumptions or whatever you want, but I chose my words carefully. So yeah, well, I did say that he had to be a bad guy, and he is. So yes, that is true. But he's an evil Jedi. That's all we know. You know, we don't know that he's anything right. with a four-letter word or not. And so you know, it's oh, okay. Uh, like 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 Count Dooku, I guess. Well. Yeah, we don't know yet, so it's just uh, up in the air. But he's in it, as you know, like I found out that last night, or yeah, I guess it was last yesterday, I found out Terry Funk dies, and I'm like, oh man, because I was literally sitting down to watch the Osaka thing, and uh, and so I sit down, and I'm like, oh well, I'm looking at all the cool shit on social media about Terry Funk and how sad everybody is, and like, ah, I'm just gonna fucking watch the show. I turn it on, like first thing that happens, hey Ray Stevenson, I'm like, oh. But he's. I'm glad. He, I'm glad he's in it because he fucking rules. So. I had that feeling putting on uh, John Wick Four. Yeah. With Lance, uh, Lance Reddick. Because I've been watching him on Bosch. He's amazing in that. So. And I first saw him in Oz all all those years ago, and then I was like, oh man, that sucks. He died 60 as well. That's kind of bullshit. I'm going to watch John Wick 4. I know he's in it, but what I – it's been out for a little while. Spoilers, I guess. You probably know what I'm going to say. Uh, listen, sorry. Uh, but he dies at the start. Yeah. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. You know – Die uh, in real life and I'm going to watch him <laughs> die. That's like – I saw uh, the new Ninja Turtles movie, which is pretty cool, man. I got to say, it's not as cool as the Enter the Spider-Verse, of course. That's like the – gold standard for new animation movies but it's pretty good and they do like a a different take on turtles like storyline wise and everything but like one of the first people they run into is voiced by lance reddick and you're like oh come on man. <sighs> damn that's and those like the three majors but uh, those wrestling deaths man man i as, as i said before we started recording this is like one of my favorite years for wrestling in terms of like in ring and stories and just all out fun. It's also one of like the worst years of wrestling in just terms of like early deaths and just shocking stuff happening. That's not good. Yeah. Fucking hell. Well, you know, Absolutely crazy pro wrestling keeps you talking every day. You know what I mean? It's always <laughs> got that. And it's just like, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm bummed out about, you know, those people passing. But like I said, it's like, you just got to, you know, remember that, that we're, you know, we're all going to be next. So live, you know, your life as, as good as you can, because that's that's the only, only choice we can make, right? Absolutely. Whew. So, hey, it's been, I don't know, that's lovely. Uh, so, unless there's like uh, anything Mr. Guy would like to talk about, Uh, what are you saying on one of these shows? Like, Gator didn't do anything. Uh, Terry Funk. I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, Terry Funk we trust. Hey, we're both graduates of the Funk U, that's for sure. <laughs>